Hey, one more thing before you go. How would it make you feel to have a personal shortcut around the traffic jam of your thinking mind and get a direct route back to your essential self? Have you ever wondered if sound or tones can help you to relax, to alleviate anxiety, and help you focus? In this episode, we're going to have a solution for you. I'm your host, Michael Hurst, and this is The Thing About Healing with Sound. My guest in this episode is Michael Jolie. He is the founder of Solu, the maker of the now tone therapy meditation device. Prior to Solu, Michael designed a range of professional and consumer audio products for motion picture sound, home theater, and recording use. He has long immersed himself in the study of metaphysics and focused on the intersection of sound listening and consciousness. He believes the heart must lead the mind. In that race, he says he's neck and neck with his heart pulling ahead. Welcome to the show, Michael. Uh, th- th- thank you, Michael. You know, I don't feel like the uh, the heart is pulling ahead today. I think I'm still pretty close to neck and neck right now. The interesting part about sound and what we listen to, I think, um, and how we hear things uh, has a direct effect on our heart, whether it be uh, external or um, mm-hmm. internal. Anything mm-hmm. that's said, heard, watched um, is interpreted, and the most of that, I think, is interpreted through heart. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful, um, you know, because we tend to think of the sound as something that happens, it's, it's like in your ears only, right? And then it's like from your ears to your brain. But, you know, the uh, an early experience that a lot of people have is um, maybe going to the beach. You get a big, uh, big uh, sigh of relief, and you're, and you're smelling that great air, and... Uh, hearing those those washing waves, uh, that's a heart-based uh, response, a big uh, sigh of relief, relaxation, uh, freedom from from the, the cares of the external world. So it's, yeah, sound uh, sounds a pretty quick uh, trip, as they say, the 12-inch trip from the from the head to the heart. Sound can help us get there uh, quicker or make that make that trip shorter. I, I remember as a child, my father taught me the importance of sound when we were watching old movies like The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I was really, really scared. He said, really, it's because you're listening to it and watching it. And he said, watch. And he turned down the TV mm-hmm. and now watch. And I wasn't as scared with no sound. Mm-hmm. And then when he turned the sound back up, as a, again, as a child, then that fear came back in in the movie because the music and the everything they put into it just enhanced the whole experience. Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a small French-Canadian uh, mill town in um, Connecticut, uh, northeastern Connecticut. You know, a lot of people know Connecticut as sort of um, suburban New York, and that's their um, common impression of, of Connecticut is a uh, exurban, suburban New York, uh, Manhattan place, uh, which is certainly true for the for the West, uh, Western Connecticut, Northwestern Connecticut. But Northeastern Connecticut is um, has a number of um, streams. There were uh, there was a great migration of French Canadians in the 1880s uh, and on uh, to work in the textile mills. So I grew up in a in a place where there were active textile mills, brick, you know, large four story brick buildings, a couple hundred people working in a textile mill. Uh, not water powered when I. I was growing up. They had converted to electric electric motors, but um, the looms, the wooden looms, were still there. Clickety clackety, clickety clackety, clickety clackety. Uh, two shifts. So that's a, that was one of my earliest um, sound experiences was hearing those. Um, you know, no traffic noise. This is a small town. Everyone else is at home. Uh, but in the evening, when I'm out to you know, walking out to go, go visit a friend. Uh, and he lived down by one of these mills, and the only sound was the sound of the, the looms still working, wooden looms working at night. Is that what got you first interested in uh, sound, in the principles of it? 
I think an earlier in an earlier sound experience, one when I was about about five. Um, my uh, my dad worked for um, a company called General Dynamics, and there was a division of General Dynamics called uh, Electric Boat. And the electric boat company built submarines. And he was um, had an assignment up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, for a year, about a year, a year and a half. And we lived in an apartment up there, five uh, five years old or so. And it was very foggy uh, at the mouth of the Piscataqua River and uh, the the ocean, the bay right there in in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I remember one time um, there was a large rock, and it was an oval shaped rock. Shaped somewhat like a uh, like a submarine, so I was um, a bit uh, you know att- attracted by the idea of emulating what my dad might have been going through, like working, walking around on on um, submarines, the top surface of a submarine. So I would play submarine by myself, and this is you know I was so young that the cattails the cattails there were eye level, so I must have been pretty short. Uh, and I remember multiple fog signals. You know, this is back now a lot of uh, nautical uh, safety navigation is done with, um, you know, it's electronic. And But back in those days, they were still using a lot of fog signaling, you know, to so you could hear where the ships were, what direction, how they were approaching, uh, where land masses were. So this all boo, 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 you know, and then different pitches of these things overlapping it's uh years and years later when i heard the music of um, the ambient music of uh, brian eno particularly music for airports uh you know i heard this overlapping sound of of multiple tonal signals and that came back from you know my first experience with hearing that was when i was when i was about five and that's eventually what came um it's been something i've carried for for my entire career, and then, uh, you know, most recently with the, the recent work that I'm doing now. Yeah, that's outstanding. What an amazing story. Did you go to university? Uh, no. I went to a—I um, uh, couldn't get—I couldn't wait to get out of my parents' house and start to get on to live in my own life. Uh, so I went to—I uh, commuted for two years to uh, a junior college, a technical— a technical college, and uh, there was an, uh, uh, an electrical engineering technology uh, course at a— uh, college in Connecticut, and um, that would uh, qualify me to be an electronics technician. You know, working as a as an assistant to an engineer. So I have uh, really um, I'm a bit of a self educated um, entrepreneur and engineer musician. Uh, so yeah, two years of formal post high school, and then off to San Francisco to play in uh, punk bands and work for an offshoot of the Grateful Dead's uh, uh, Alembic organization and. Um, Build, uh, build uh, electric guitar circuits. What kind of um, musical instruments do you play? You play guitar? Uh, yeah, guitar, uh, guitar, bass, drums, synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy being in a band? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Did I enjoy being in a band? You know, it was laborious. You know, to get to get anything uh, that I felt sounded really good took a lot of effort and a lot of interpersonal compromise. Uh, and I, I pretty quickly abandoned that after a few years, uh, and then have and, and musically have have pretty much worked on my own uh, since that time. This is the late, this you know, so punk era. This would be mid to late seventies. Uh, yeah, the efforts at uh, at uh, group collaboration for me, uh, the, the return on that investment of compromising wasn't uh, where I wanted to go. You, yeah, I tried. I tried that once. Yeah, so I think we. I think a lot of us 
at least that have a creative aspect, kind of try that at least once and then realize that it's either too much work or um, keeps me up too late or, in my particular case, uh, realize that I couldn't sing as well as I thought I could. Um, uh, it, it, it's easy to get into and, and find out, uh, you know, and experiment and see if it's going to work. You know, Brian Eno, I, I like to come back to Brian Eno. He's, he, he never said he was a musician. Guys, you know, Grammy record winning ambient artist, but doesn't consider himself a, a musician. And was an instrumental, but really important part of the early days of uh, Roxy Music before he uh, went on his own. That's so, the, you know, these labels, musicians, uh, am I a musician or not? Um, you know, it's, it's uh, self-limiting. Do you write music? Uh, I record music. You know, I work directly with, with sound and, and recording. I used to have a, uh, another early memory. Um, I used to have a wonderful little reel-to-reel tape machine, these little three-inch reels. Before, before cassettes were really popular, there were these little um, battery-operated reel-to-reel machines. And a few, a few number of guys would take these things to, uh, to Vietnam and send back what they called living letters or sound letters um, back from Vietnam. There's a really wonderful NPR show that um, Lance Corporal, I forget his last name, but he had a whole series of these letters that he sent back his, his family kept and about his uh, observations uh, in sound um, of his experiences in Vietnam. So uh, a little, uh, that was my first introduction to working on tape and then cutting tape with a splicing block so that you could, uh, you know, you could join, make a recording and then join it to another recording, cut out stuff you didn't want to have, make new juxtapositions of one sound against another sound. Oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. I did the same thing um, in my early age. I wanted to be a filmmaker before I went on to be a cop. And uh, I I learned to do that with eight eight millimeter film and then 16 Mm -hmm. millimeter. And we moved up uh, to 16 millimeter film and then uh, up from there to 35. So it was yeah. a transition for me as well. But I learned as a child also was really, I had a little splicing machine and yeah, kind of, uh, yeah it was pretty slick. So you describe yourself as a uh, comfortably lapsed Roman Catholic with a pronounced Taoist streak. <laughs> Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take the two two parts separately. The, the comfortably comfortably lapsed Roman Catholic. Um, I, I'm old enough. I'll be 65 this summer. Uh, I'm old enough to remember what uh, what was called the Latin Mass. Uh, this is pre-Vatican Council II era, which I think was 1963 or 64 was uh, Vatican Council, which which basically uh, rejiggered what the Mass, the Catholic Mass, rite would be and how it would be conducted. And they would do away with um, the Latin Mass that would be spoken and sung in uh, in the Latin language in favor of a more um, vernacular approach, uh, uh, the folk mass. Uh, but, but I remember um, uh, going to going to church on a, a 11 o'clock uh, Sunday morning and not understanding a word, but being enthralled by the mystery of it all. I can relate to that, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, why, uh, so it, it's, it's a sort of uh, reverence, what comes through? Maybe reverence, uh, awe, mystery, and mystery uh, in a reverberant space. Um, this is an old trick. This is why cathedrals were built the way they were, because let's let's make sounds reverberate and imitate eternity and infinity. And then let's make little naves where the flutter reflections of sounds were, would, would imitate the wing flaps of angels. Oh, that's an interesting approach. 
Yeah, yeah. So they they were doing this, you know, hundreds of years ago uh, by by building cathedrals with with blocks and intentionally um, uh, constructing the architecture in ways that would be suggestive or be metaphors for um, uh, spiritual uh, experiences. Either either reverberation uh, in the big in the large space or these smaller spaces where you'd have a flutter echo that would be um, suggestive of uh, wing flaps. Do you think that's uh, a, a direct attempt at trying to imply that you're surrounded by by these entities or by yeah. what exists? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I, you know, it's like an amplifier, right? It's it's. You see, now we have amplifiers. We have microphones and headphones and you know gear to help us hear things better, hear small things, make loud sounds uh, more quiet, so that we can study them uh, more carefully without hurting our ears. Uh, so, uh, you know, all they had to work with was actual physical materials, uh, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, and and think of how long it took to do that. Talk about being in the present moment. The guy who's building the 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 angel wing flap nave is never going to hear it. Well, and it's really interesting that it was that that aspect of it was recognized back then and recognized immediately and what effect it had on people. Yeah, you know, maybe this goes back to um, you know the French uh, cave uh, drawings and what they think is probably ritual sound and light rituals. Uh, about 40,000 years ago. So, I, you know, I think people have been kind of impacted by sound for a long time and then started to say, um, well, what if we did this intentionally? What, and, and, then, and then get a bunch of people in the same place to, uh, to listen to things flutter and echo. And what what yeah. might that do for us? That's um, why these musicians pack in thousands upon thousands of people in one area so they can all listen and enjoy the music all at once. Yeah, and that's uh, talk about another amplifier. You know, uh, when you bring um, when you bring more people together with the same focus, it's uh, it's a very powerful, very powerful. It has it has it has a it has demonstrated effect on the physical world. I, I want to talk about that in a second. We can talk about uh, Burning Man and Ions, which is the Institute of Noetic Re um, uh, Science. That was Edgar Mitchell's organization. That he uh, Edgar Mitchell was the sixth person to walk on the moon. And then he had some sort of spiritual awakening on the way back in the command module, on the way back, Apollo 14, on the way back from, from the moon. And then he founded this institute to explore the intersection of um, the spiritual and the physical. Um, uh, so, so, the, the, so the first part we were talking about was the comfortably lapsed Catholic. Um, um, so I've, I've taken those, those early experiences in sound that occurred in... Uh, in a Roman Catholic uh, church experience, and I went to parochial school for eight years. Uh, you know, infused with a lot of uh, biblical stories, and um, you know, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of good that can that can be taken away. I, I know that um, uh, that church is deeply flawed, and um, we don't have to go into the, the particular manifestations of the flaws that we see. But um, when you stay at the level of um, the, the mystical. And how it provided access to me as a youth, it's something that's, that's really uh, been a very, very important uh, um, impetus for me. And uh, and then the other half of your question about the uh, Taoist, what did I say about Taoist? The Taoist streak. Uh, Taoist oh, yeah. streak, who has a lot of experience just listening. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, a Taoist streak. Yeah, that's, that's, that, is some, that would describe somebody who's comfortable with nothing. 
<laughs> comfortable like with with ambiguity comfortable uh, reasonably comfortable with uh with silence uh reasonably aware of the fact that forms every single form whether it's a visual form or a sound form or uh, uh an, a sense form uh, a physical sense form arises from nothing you know before before you hear my voice like right now there's nothing, or a re- pretty reasonable approximation of nothing, close to being silent. And then my voice appears from the silence, and then it goes back into silence. So when you when you um, so I'm comfortable I'm comfortable with that whole sequence of nothing to something, something that evolves, and then something dissolves and returns to nothing. Now it's very difficult. So, you know, sometimes I don't want to be too sanguine about this because, like, let's say you have a relationship and you're. Um, uh, you're in love with the person, and then that relationship changes and dissolves. You know, most of us have been through that. Um, so it's not easy to accept that. Um, it's harder. Let's say this: it's harder to accept um, the um, the change of form, the the inevitable changing of form and dissolution of form. Uh, and this could be your own form. You know, your, your form as experience in your your health. Um, so. You know, being aware, being aware of that led me to um, do some research around pure tones and uh, tones that would arise and then change and then uh, return to silence in, in, in just three minutes so that you would have an entire uh, life cycle, let's say, of, um, of nothing, something emerging, something changing, and then something decaying and returning to nothing again. That's interesting. Can we can we talk about how that uh, how that sound affects our mind, our body, and our soul? Yeah, um, um, essentially that kind of uh, sequence: stillness, uh, emergence, change, and then a dis- dissolution into silence again. When you experience that, you experience a kind of truth because uh, the soul, psyche, even the body knows that this is true. This is the, this is true of everything. It's true of every life. Pat your parents, right? God forbid your children. Uh, so when you when you experience that, it's it is it can be both melancholy because there's there's an aspect of us that wants to cling to that what we enjoy, uh, and then but there's also that aspect of the experience which we know is true, and the way of the world. That's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting how it kind of pieces together. And, and then to be able to experience that in just three minutes. You know, with this this work that we've done, and uh, to experience that in three minutes, and then move on. You know, this, uh, in some Buddhist traditions, the monks will sit with um, in the proximity of of uh, the, the deceased, so that they can be intimately uh, aware of the, the dissolution of the stilling of the human form, so that these little this this little experience of of a death. Uh, can be more integrated into their uh, daily life and uh, and just be a part of life. So what what I've done is make something that helps make um, the life cycle of life a little bit easier to accept and very easy to um, access, and then and then um, and then to restart again. Uh, very, yeah, very so. profound. That was very profound. A lot of people don't understand, and most of my listeners do because we've had conversations in the past about taking the time to meditate, taking the time to just listen, stop, 
and take some time for yourself. Every morning, my wife and I go out and we sit on the back patio, even if it's chilly out, and we just close our eyes and meditate and listen and take in the birds and the nature mm-hmm. and the, the wind and the hummingbirds and the anything that, that's out there. You just kind of relax and it, it kind of starts our day off much better, actually. The times that we haven't done that, we, we miss that. We noticeably miss it during the daytime that we didn't get the opportunity to do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, because the world of the world of form wants to engage us all the time. You know, the ten thousand things that come at us. Uh, there's a there's a great little gag that I don't know. If, um, uh, for a while, I was a, a very uh, deep student of um, of uh, the work of um, teacher um, Eckhart Tolle and um, the Power of Now. And uh, Eckhart has a lot of videos, and uh, I have a little Yorkie. And uh, the Yorkies are easily excited. And Eckhart, if you, if you know Eckhart, if you can picture him, like little gnomish guy, very soft-spoken, spiritual guy, right? Um, but he has this uh, act that he puts on that he is going to imitate the world provoking the individual, provoking the, 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 the true self, or provoking the... Yeah. So he says, uh, it's like, uh, it's like he's a, a boxer on the street or he's like a street thug and he puts up his hands and he makes a f- couple of fists and he says, come on, come on, put him up, put him up. Come on, come on. And every time I talk, my dog Lucy would hear this. She would go. She hated being provoked by Eckhart Tolle. And then, and then I could use that as a gag. I'd say, Hey, Hey Lucy, come on. Put them up, put them up, <laughs> and then yeah. and then she'd be provoked. But but the world wants to do that with the ten thousand and one things every day. You know, my my dad would say, "If it's not one thing or another, he'd say, if it's not one thing, it's 10. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, that's yeah. Now that's grown to exponentially. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, even you look at the world around. It, they put a computer in your hand. And mm-hmm. they created environments like Facebook and TikTok yeah. and, and Twitter and Instagram. And if you're not in actively mm-hmm. involved in any of those, then you're like an outcast. So they kind of force you to to get involved with all that noise. Now they have Clubhouse. So right. you've got a, a whole spectrum of getting you involved and keeping your brain moving like 10,000 miles a minute. And it, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, um, our, our dog, Charlie, he's a little shih tzu. He, um, he, he'll come and get us and say, we need to go outside. We mm-hmm. need to go outside. Get away from the TV. We need to go outside. And he'll yeah. he'll want to go outside, and you think he's got to go do his business, but he'll get out there, and then he'll lay down and look at both of us like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, are you going to sit down? <laughs> yeah. You know? get, get out here and enjoy this for a minute instead of everything else that's going on around you. Let's talk about Let's talk about now. The N O W. Can the you help present, us in the present moment? Your, or the other now. The other now. Okay. <laughs> All right. The other now. So just we can understand because we've been referring to the now, and in my introduction, I referred to now. So this your product that Solu creates is in the the sound environment that it creates to help people with anxiety and help them to meditate, help them to take a three minute break. Let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this thing that we made, um, it's a meditation aid, and it's a sound meditation aid, <clears throat> and it only takes three minutes to listen to it. 
it looks like uh, two speakers, two little um, hockey, almost like a hockey pup, puck sized speakers, but they're, they're, the, the case is curved. So it's a little bit more pleasant to, uh, to hold on to than, uh, than a hockey puck. To the, um, to the eyes, um, this product that we call now Tone Therapy System, to the eyes now looks like two speakers. But to the ears, and we'll we'll demonstrate this in a minute. To the ears, it's an experience of oneness. It, what motivated you to develop these sound pucks? Um, you know, probably uh, there's probably two directions that intersected. Uh, one was my own unresolved um, uh, compensatory behaviors that grew out of early childhood negative early childhood experiences that would leave me with. Um, a frequent anxiety, uh, a frequent comparison mind, uh, uh, um, an urge to control my um, situations and people. You know, just like really negative, uh, dark, you know, the dark side of, you know, we all excel in certain areas, but then we all carry um, um, bits of uh, the, the shadow identity. So I think in, in one way, I was looking to address some of the effects of this the, the dark shadow identity, anxiety. Sort, sort yeah. of an intergenerational trauma. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on it still. I, I, uh, we all are. I think we all are. I mean, we, especially those of a certain age, um, we've all come from an environment where there were specifics within our childhood that um, were kind of uh, the norm at the time. And then when you look back on that quote, unquote, norm, we kind of realized that no, that really wasn't normal. And my God, it, it, yeah, it's normalized dysfunction is what it was. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you've you've created an environment for yourself and for others to be able to help achieve mm -hmm. um, getting past that, or at least managing it in an effective way. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that's one impulse. The other is you know, and then when you and you you know this for being a meditator, when you sit in silence and you just allow. Um, Eventually, I mean, you're going to have thoughts will arise and then thoughts will pass. And then on occasion, some thoughts arise that are really inspired thought. That is, they are spirited. Uh, Roman Catholic term would be the, this is the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, you can substitute whatever you want. Great spirit, you're out in the, in the Southwest, go whatever you want. But, um, but uh, now tone therapy is both a, a both a product and a, or an experience that grew out of a need, a personal need, but also something that was inspired thought. Like Michael, you got to make this thing. You got to figure out what I'm trying to come into your life as, and then help me come into form. That's that's what the experience was like. Yeah, I think you've kind of achieved that in creating this. You know, I've I've heard this when we were both at Podfest and. You presented a, a, a demonstration there as well. And within doing that, um, there was a, a recognized collective, basically from the individuals that were listening to that, that were able to take that three minutes and really kind of reset themselves and, and relax and um, create an environment that uh, they felt uh, more at ease. Yeah. You know, in spite of everything, I mean, the, the, the conference itself that we had attended was a whirlwind. I mean, it was just a constant moving forward. And uh, this, gave a, this gave a break. It was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, you know, and I like that when I listen to it, it doesn't tell me what to do. 
It's um, it's it's a teacher in a way. It's a teacher uh, and a bringer of stillness and uh, calm and peace and truth. But it doesn't it doesn't do its teaching with um, <clears throat> subject object language, like a meditation app would. I mean, the only way that you can use a guided meditation, the way that the teachings of a guided meditation app are delivered, are they are delivered through language, and and language has uh, the challenge, and this is why we have great poets, right? The the, the challenge of of language is the subject-object separation that occurs. So what I tried to do is create something that when you heard it, it would transcend what the eyes are telling you. That is, it would you see two separate things, but you're but you're hearing only one, an experience of oneness. And that can happen in sound. Um, and it, it completely transcends the limitations of uh, of um, spoken word meditation apps. Um, well, we, it, it, we can play it whenever you, if you'd like. Uh, yeah, that would be great. I, I just throw in something real quick here. I think, sure. that, you know, in understanding and studying music from a perspective that a lot of my audience have understood from my past episodes, but for those that haven't, sound and music in any type of um, an approach to a therapy or in healing is an absolute necessity in regard to helping people understand how they can move forward and heal based upon the use of sound, whether it be this kind of a sound therapy, uh, music, um, and so forth. Like in, uh, I think it was the 1940s, they first recognized that in the 40s when people were coming home with what we understand now as PTSD. Mm-hmm. Shell shock, right? Shell shock. They could not calm down. They could not relax. Every little noise was you know, making them... Um, Ag- agitated and aggravated and angry. And when they started playing music and keeping the music at a certain level, everybody calmed down and they were able to calm them down. They looked forward to each one of those sessions when somebody would bring in the records and they put records on and allowed them to calm down because it touched them in a different way. And they were able to escape reality for just a little bit based upon that sound. So from that concept, I understand it. Um, but yeah, let's let's. Uh, I think that a, a demonstration would be uh, fantastic. Okay. Uh, I'll just let it go through the full three minutes. As a quick disclaimer, Michael is going to conduct this demonstration, and in an effort to ensure your safety and well-being, if you are driving or operating machinery and listening to this podcast and concentrating on this demonstration, it is highly recommended to please pull over to a safe place that you can effectively listen and relax. Do not attempt to practice this demo while operating a motor vehicle or any machinery. Now, please enjoy. So um, I have two speakers in my hands. They're about three inches in diameter. On the bottom side of these speakers are um, a a simple on button and then a volume button. That's it. this you just turn it on and listen. It's that it's that easy. Uh, there's no Bluetooth. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no menus. There's no syncing. It's a completely self-contained uh, device that creates an experience. So I'm going to. You'll hear a little click, and then you'll hear the silence, and that's an that's intentional. That's a beautiful moment in itself. That I have intentionally decided to make a form arise from stillness. This is godlike. You know, so when you when you do this, you you feel the the creator. You feel the resonance. You are you are acting in a creative, in a in a creative way that's consistent with with creation. So you're saying, "Aha! I have the idea. I'm going to now meditate with the tone pucks, and I'm going to push the button." And then, so unlike a light switch, instead of the when you flick a light switch on, 
the light goes on. But when you turn on now tone therapy, it doesn't uh, it doesn't sound right away. So that's why I'm going to hold it really close to the microphone so you can hear the click, but then there's going to be a gap and then the tones will start. That's that's to sort of re-emphasize uh, this, this metaphysical truth that intention precedes form. This is so powerful. Intention precedes form. And then at the end, the tones will You'll, you'll hear the tones changing and evolving, and then they'll fade away, fade away, fade away, and then we'll just allow them to fade away. I won't speak immediately, because the listener will hear that they are focused, they are so intently focused on when the sounds are ending that you, you can't recognize when the sound has stopped and when you are back in the ambience of wherever you're listening. And this is a beautiful moment when consciousness has, has risen so acutely um, to be focused in the present moment. So here we go. First thing we'll hear is a little click, uh, and then we'll hear some tones for, for three minutes. Okay?
So um, that's a now tone therapy system. You know, very relaxing. I almost took a nap. <laughs> these these kind of remind me of um, meditation singing bowls, but mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to do anything but put the switch on. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's um, that's probably the the nearest uh, uh, audio parallel that come to mind uh, is Tibetan singing bowls. Um, and, and what and I think what we're hearing, what we recognize is that is. Well, pure tones, one, pure sine wave tones, but also this pulsing, the whoa, 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 whoa. And those um, those pulsations are what brain scientists would call um, brainwave entrainment signals. That is, it helps the brain produce more brain waves uh, at the same frequency, at the same pulsation rate as those sounds that we heard. And these sounds are, are um, created to uh, make low-frequency pulsations that are correlated with the, with the brainwave patterns that are observed in the minds of experienced meditators. So it actually helps you uh, get to a meditative state much more quickly. Experienced meditators have told us that, um, you know, they, they use it ahead of their normal meditation practice, their regular meditation practice, uh, and it helps them get to a place uh, that they would normally experience in maybe uh, 30 minutes of uh, meditation, but it gets them there much more quickly. And then for folks who are not meditators, either think that they don't have the time uh, for that self, that, that, uh, for the kind of self-care that meditation is, uh, it helps people get in and get out within the three minutes and have an experience. And then that maybe they'll come back to. Uh, so you know when you hear three minutes of uh, of pulsating entrainment frequencies that are based on the harmonic series, there's that truth, the life cycle of a sound coming out from nothing, emerging, changing, dissolving. There's a lot of truth here, and that's where um, the body and the heart, the heart in particular, uh, gets to go. <sighs> yeah, so, my my heart rate noticeably. Yeah, noticeably slowed down. I, yeah. I could, you could feel it. You can sense it. You can, mm-hmm. you kind of feel uh, at peace. Which yeah. I think, I think you refer to these sometimes as little peace pucks. Yeah, we have a we have a wonderful dealer, um, uh, Bell Ruth Napperstek, um, uh at Health Journeys. Uh, she's a long time um, purveyor and researcher into uh, guided imagery recordings. And uh, so she's a dealer of ours uh, online, um, but her she, she has a wicked sense of humor too. Uh, and I think she started calling them peace bucks, or some of her uh, fans called them peace bucks. Well, it brings a calm to you. And for those of you that that I mean, I meditate as you and I spoke with earlier, and um, my most of my audience knows that my wife and I meditate. I use meditation to help me with my pain management. I use it to. Um, because I have a disease is, that um, is basically, I live with chronic pain every day. So I meditate to help manage my chronic pain. And this immediately has an effect on me in uh, just that three-minute time period. It it gives me an opportunity to kind of reflect in within myself and focus on on um, just relaxing and forgetting it. Which mm, is, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to hear that it's working for you, Michael, because yeah. it, you know it was a gift to uh, it was a gift to us, and uh, we're trying to move it forward into the world. And it, it, how does Solu play into all this? Well, Solu is the brand. Um, that's the the brand of, of of our company, the name of the company, Solu. Um, 
you have uh, a unique mission. Oh, we, I think, well, I don't know how unique it is, but we, our mission is to bring peace and healing to the world through sound. Well, that's pretty unique. I, I, I think it's unique. Uh, you know, I've been doing it for so, well, I've been attempting to do it for so long. I, I put a, I did a, um, a flute music release in, gosh, 1998. Uh, and um, I made up a little record label called it Electric Space. And then even at that time, 30 or 20, what is that? 20, uh, 20 23 years ago, uh, I, I had a tagline. It was simple, simply peace through sound. So um, I, I think I've been at this for, for a long time. And, and the tools, you know, the tools for both production and distribution, you know, not, you can make podcasts now, right? And, and talk to people and have, get feedback. And uh, so the tools are here in a way that they weren't when I was a kid. Um, but I think some of these, you know, the earliest experiences, uh, the, the tools and access to tools had to catch up with the experiences. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Uh, the technology these days has has made leaps and bounds with the ability to connect with others and connect with the universe, basically. Mm, yeah, and make it easy, right? Yeah, makes it really easy. We yeah. can talk to anybody all across the world and, and all at the same time, which is fantastic, and we can spread message of positivity. Or, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I prefer to spread messages of positivity. As we know in the past, it, it, it could also, you know, create chaos and discord and negativity, which... Hopefully, I think that uh, your these little quote peace bucks um, kind of can kind of mellow that out. I guess I think that it would help to bring peace and uh, lower the anxiety level to yeah. the masses. You know, I think beyond beyond the, I think one way that it can help do that and turn down the the volume on the on the polarized rhetoric is that um, uh, now doesn't have a an ideology. You know, it's it, it doesn't it's not left or right. It's it is completely transcendent of subject object dualism. It's not a better idea. This is the problem in politics, right? Everyone has on on every side, everyone's got the right idea, or their idea is better than the other guy's idea. Now simply says, mm, here is something that is beyond idea, and then you can take it if it resonates with you and then use it in your own way. But it's not going to be there in opposition to anything else. It, it, it's, it, is, it is really trans-idea. It, it is beyond ideas. And, and, and I'm fond of saying that I think that the problems of the world are not going to be solved strictly but through um, one better idea living, uh, um, surpassing another idea. This is a history of the world. You know, uh, communism. We got a better idea for the, for yeah. the guy. This is a better idea. Well, it didn't work out so well. So there's a, there's a lot of better ideas that come along all the time. So now what I'm trying to do is something that is beyond ideas, and but but yet truth. But it has but is actually has some truth, and you can feel it in your heart. And then maybe from that space, the inspired thought, the inspired actions can arise. I think that's an amazing approach to, um, that's an amazing approach to life, actually. Well, and that goes back to the lapsed Catholic thing, you know, like experiencing the, the mystery of the Latin mass and not understanding it. It was at that point, it was a sound experience completely beyond the rational mind of, of I, four or five years old. 
Yeah, I remember that as a child also, you know, going to church and I could, couldn't understand anything, but I could listen to what was hmm. being sung because, uh, you know, although the the priest didn't actually, in my opinion, the priest didn't actually sing what I thought was singing, but, you know, they carried their voice in such a manner that they were singing and talking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though I didn't understand it, it still um, made an impact on me, especially the way it resonated throughout the yeah the chapter. Yeah. It was pretty. I, I would man, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I would like to just go on a tour of you know maybe once we can travel again, it'd be really great to tour some cathedrals from an acoustic standpoint. You know, just go and listen to them. Well, yeah, and I think it's, I mean, I, my wife and I love architecture, old architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to do the same thing. We had plans last year to go travel to Europe and go to France and then, mm-hmm. you know, check out a little bit of Italy and a little bit of Greece, a little bit of everything. And, you know, that got obviously curtailed because of the COVID um, issues that arose. But yeah. in regard to that, it, I, I'm a reformed Catholic, I have to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a spiritual individual and I believe in God and I believe in the universe and I approach it from several different levels, but I'm not a practicing Catholic. Yeah. Gotcha. I, yeah. I grew up Catholic, but, um, I was, um, baptized everything. I, you know, the whole, the whole shebang. Um, but I can appreciate, uh, the beauty and the, um, amazing architecture of what they've done with, churches and cathedrals in, in making them such a work of art so it's not just a it's not just a church it's not just something to go um, pray in it, it's a work of art to experience both visually and and through sound mm-hmm. yeah and you know yeah I think it's a good idea that's really actually well you know I think uh, one of the upsides of the pandemic and lockdown is it certainly clarifies what's important to us and what we can't wait to get back to doing or do more with with, with greater awareness when we get to do it. Well, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that the people need to get back to learning how to communicate, number one. I think we've lost the ability to communicate and like civil individuals and to take the time for themselves to really kind of reflect in the fact that you are a person. We are each a person. We are our own individual, but we're also a collective as society. And that, you know, you need to learn, we think we need to go back to learning how to integrate within society in such a manner that it's in a very positive way. And um, I think that, I think that um, in my opinion, I think that people need to uh, kind of sit back for a little bit and just kind of remember that, um, listen, I mean, the thing that you that you profess, even on your website, the stuff that I've read from you is the fact that people need to take the time to listen, whether it be for themselves or listen to somebody else. They need to take the time to listen because in listening, you allow yourself to um, to understand what the concept of being heard and in listening, you can understand what others are going through. And in listening within yourself, you can get a better understanding of your mind, your body, and your soul and what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and listening, listening can only happens in the present moment. 
you know, a, a work, a photograph or a painting, sculpture. These are fixed in, in, in time, right? They, they're observed in the present moment, but they're not, the experience of them is not dependent on them being alive in the moment. You know, sound, if, if, you, if you look at a waveform on a digital recording piece of soft, software, you can see that the waveform is changing moment to moment. And uh, I love that um, to experience sound requires the, the, the passage of time, but focus in the present moment. You can't have you can't have sound out of time. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. Sound, you know, sound is a varying sound pressure level over time. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, even even with the now sound. Tell me what I should call them. Oh, you know, uh, whatever is something we can we call them. Um, you can call it now. You can call them uh, now speakers. You can call it tone therapy. You can call it um, the peace box. Whatever is comfortable for you. You know, the funny thing about this thing is that it resisted being named clearly. Uh, we we really had to wait, try multiple different names, and we finally came up with something which is kind of cumbersome uh, now, and that's an acronym. So we didn't even couldn't even use like a simple word like now. It had to be an acronym. Now tone therapy system, um, and the now stands for new origin waveforms. So it's like the, the every moment is the origin of your the rest of your life idea, but happening through sound. So yeah, you can you can say. Um, the now or now? Oh, you, you know what? I think in in our house, I think we just call them the tones. Well, the the tones. Yeah, the uh, tones. you told we had discussed earlier the tones. Actually, each time they use them, you said that they um, kind of don't give the same. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, the the way that it's designed is that every time you listen to to now tone therapy, when you, every time you put these two speakers on, it creates a new tone sequence that has never been heard in the past and will never be heard again in the future. It composes a unique tone sequence in the moment for you at the moment of play. Uh, and we do that by um, each each the, each of these speakers is the same, uh, and they each have a large library of possible uh, sound sequences, and then they are chosen at random uh, at the time of play, each speaker. And then when you turn one speaker on, there's a bit of a time delay. It could be instantaneous, but when you turn the next speaker on, you're introducing a, another variable of randomness so that you've got the randomness of one speaker selecting one of a large number of tone sequences, and then the next speaker being turned on some random time later, selecting again from a large number of um, tone sequences at random. When they play together, that creates a unique moment. Now, the timbre, that is the tone quality uh, of now, is uh, uh, they're pure sine waves. So it's like, you know, we, we talked about Tibetan bowls or they're sort of chime-like or bell-like. They're very, very, very simple tones. Um, so they're familiar. So, so now makes the present moment somewhat familiar through its timbre uh, consi uh, through its timbre consistency, uh, but we also make the present moment intriguing through uniqueness, moment to moment uniqueness. So we we make we, I think we've we've um, approached solving one of the challenges of mindfulness meditation, which is uh, it's boring, 
uh, people would say, and it may not be a safe place. You know, many people don't find t- sitting in silence to be a safe place. If you haven't you haven't practiced that, it's like what what arises in silence. So we've got something that says it's it's really okay to be in near silence with these tones, which are not telling you anything, and that are familiar. So they're like a friend. You know, they're familiar like a good friend. It's not very loud. That's the other thing. The volume, when you first turn this on, it's sort of like um, leaning in to listen to a close friend speak to you, uh, that sort of volume. Um, so, so um, yeah, the, the tones are, are friendly and inviting, somewhat familiar, but also intriguing. Well, you refer to them as the personal shortcut or secret passage around the traffic jam of your thinking mind. Did I say that? You did. That must have been an inspired thought. <laughs> I, you know, I have a lot of blog posts on my, on the website. Be, before I wrote, uh, before we, before uh, we did the reduction to, it's called reduction to engineering practice. You know, so you've got an idea, then you have to breadboard it, then you get it prototypes made and all that kind of stuff. Be, before that whole engineering process, uh, I was writing a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm, more, I'm a morning uh, journaler. And uh, just free conscious, uh, you know, between 700 and 1,500 words in the morning. So a lot of that stuff is just inspired thought. Man, there's a lot of grammatical and spelling mistakes. Yeah, I, because I wanted to get that stuff out. It was a way for me to write to myself and kind of clarify what it is that I was doing and then post it so that if anyone happened to see it, they could either challenge me or they could say, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, I was in a I was in a different state at that time that I wrote that. So that that's a message from the universe. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So we don't remember these things that we, you know that were inspired because they they were not coming from our own uh, you know individual uh, egoic authorship, right? Oh, exactly. Where can somebody find out more about Solu and now? Oh. Um, they can go to our website, and I'll give you that URL, and there's a free demo there. Uh, we have a lovely demo. You go to the demo page, and you click Try, and um, uh, there's a little tone generator that generates a unique tone sequence in that moment. Now, it only it only chooses from one of three. So if you listen a few times, you'll say, oh, yeah, I heard that one before. So it, the demo gives a, a, an approximation of what the real device is like. So just go to Now by Solu. Now by Solu, it's and it's not by B U Y, it's B Y now created by Solu and S O L U now by Solu. And I will have that in the show notes for everybody so that you can uh, visit that site and kind of enjoy that. This is one more thing before you go. So, do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners before you go? Yeah, uh, two words. Just listen. That's some profound words of wisdom. <laughs> Michael, this has been an absolute pleasure talking to you in regard to this amazing opportunity for people to get more in touch with themselves and understand uh, more about themselves through sound. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for having me, Michael. It's really, you're a wonderful conversationalist and gosh, and your own, your own history brings you to, uh, to being an easy conversationalist around, around these uh, ideas of sound and, and, and the beyond too. So thanks so much. Absolutely. If you want to one-stop everything for one more thing before you go, visit BeforeYouGoPodcast.com, where you can find each and every episode of One More Thing Before You Go, links to your favorite listening platforms, subscribe and review option, and as a special bonus, by visiting BeforeYouGoPodcast.com, you can purchase any book from our shows, access expanded show notes and guest bios. 
And if you're a podcaster or just getting started, before you go, podcast.com can make your life easier with highly recommended podcast equipment and resources for editing and publishing. It'll make your life easier as a podcaster. Hurry and visit before you go, podcast.com as it's a perfect resource for everything you need to listen, learn, and grow your own podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.